Hello, and welcome to Bringing Education Home. I'm Herb. And I'm Christina. Together, we are bringing you ideas about education, entrepreneurship, and relationships that are both inside and outside the box. If you like the show, be sure to follow Christina on Facebook and leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing Rick and Lisa Olson. They are Fuse Family Coaches and they are parents to six daughters, grandparents to 13 grandchildren, are, are the experts for helping parents unify, strengthen, and empower their family. Fuse Family Programs teach the importance of taking responsibility for your thoughts, feelings, actions, or attitudes, and guides family to an awareness of their purpose together as a family. Rick has a BA in Recreation Administration and a Graduate Studies in Urban and Regional Planning and Design, and he has been interested in how the mind works and how we do what we do since he was 18 years old. Lisa has a certificate in early childhood education, has worked in the field for eight years, and has worked with adult learning in two different communities. Both have studied for a year with Life Success Coaching and got their certificates as Life Success Coaches, and together they have been creating and offering parent-focused support and educational programs for parents and families for the last 17 years. Welcome, Rick and Lisa. Thank you for joining us today. I'm so glad you joined us. Thank you. Well, we're grateful to be here. Yes. Absolutely. It is wonderful because we are trying really hard to make sure that our podcast gives information for parents and families and entrepreneurs and how this all kind of works together and how we can support our families and make our families grow. And so Vibrant Family Education is really focused on families just like you are. And when we talked earlier, we we you were mentioning how you were experts in in um blending families together and yes. we've been together for 30 years our family has kind of been together that long so we don't necessarily have that kind of expertise so how did you come to start working with blended families and why is that so important to you well 31 years ago we got married yeah and we had the six daughters surrounding us in our, us together. our okay. wedding photograph. Yeah. And it was actually not until uh, last summer, early fall, when we were putting our programs into an adult education calendar to distribute into the community nearby, that um, the person who was in charge of the calendar asked Rick, well, do you have any blended family programs? And Rick, what? <laughs> yes, <laughs> <laughs> we didn't. But we are creative uh, content uh, creators, and I we, knew Lisa could come up with something. Yes. So and I said yes, and we did one So within, I think, about three to four weeks. 31 years of practice as a blended family. I think we have a little bit of experience there. And yeah, we put it together, and our first presentation that we did with a couple, it was, I just got hooked on, I think we really need to focus more on um, the blended family because as uh, divorces have increased greatly over the last three years. Yeah. So that means there's going to be more blended families. And even though we really wanted to save marriages so that children wouldn't be going through mm -hmm. divorce, um, we felt that parents needed us because it's all about the children. That's what it all came back to for me was, but it's the children that are most important because when they go through a divorce experience, there's so much going on in their life and they really need to have parents that are very aware of what to look for and what they can do to help those children move through all those changes that are happening. And there's new roles. <laughs> <laughs> well, for each, we looked at all the roles that are involved in blended families. Because with us, my daughters went from one sister each to seven sisters and a brother within a year. So each one of those relationships there's there's a role that they're taking on. And with each new role, there's rules because all the children interact differently. And right. that's just that's just the the immediate children. Mm -hmm. right, exactly. And then with my daughters, they're um not about a year after we got married, I believe. So he had 
my ex had one child in between all of his till he got married and then she had two children so my children had two stepbrothers and then they had three more children so now they had three half four half siblings all together and they didn't really have a lot of contact with all of them but yet you know they do have this extended family right and then we were talking about how when Rick's girls were together with us. We had this blended family of six girls and us. And my parents would always host an Easter event. And so the our family, because we just consider us all one family, we went to these activities. So now Rick's daughters had, you know, they suddenly had another set of grandparents mm-hmm. and another 10 cousins and a right. bunch of aunts and uncles that they were a part of. Yeah. So as and you can see, I mean, it, we have a little chart with, with all, the, these. all <laughs> this up, and it's, 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 amazing. it's incredible how complex so then, it is. Then you think yeah, of his girls, generation, yeah. they go with their mom and, and then they're with their stepdad who is with them. You know, that's their everyday dad. Right. And then his children, and they go to their family events. Okay. So I think of his girls as like, they're going from they're part of our family and there's the new roles new rules Mm -hmm. they go back with their mom and then once again there's another new family with new roles new rules wow that you're right it's so complex and as a teacher i got to see you know the impact of the divorce and the blended families and things like that but i never thought about the extended that happened on the weekends or over the summer or things like that so that puts a new perspective in my brain about how big that can be and then people wonder why these children are misbehaving and they're not really misbehaving they're just surviving overwhelmed yes because i really I really don't feel like children are resilient there. This is their whole world. They don't know anything else and they're just adapting to whatever is happening and they're losing trust in um, like when I think about my, one of my daughters who uh, she had a lot of challenging times in having a relationship as she got into her young adult years because when she was around six or so, when she was having this talk with her dad about, you know, why the divorce and everything. And he just says, well, you know, sometimes you just stop loving somebody. And so she said, that's like the worst thing he could ever have told me as a little child, because she grew up thinking someone's going to stop loving me. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The impact and how you explain things and in a divorce divorces don't typically all go very smoothly there's a lot of bitterness the government gets involved so there's all sorts of things and a lot of times the children become just there they don't they they're not part of it they're just kind of left out oh they'll kids they'll grow out of it we can deal with that later and and that isn't a very healthy way to go about it so in so in the divorce it's like, yeah, the kids can get left out and feel pretty, pretty out of it. So coaching blend them back together is really important. And think about when the two couple or the, the two people are blending their family. Yeah. How often do they talk to their children about it? Because the children have no choice. Right. If they're getting together, they're they're there. Yes. And there's nothing that they can do about it. So I remember. Uh, Lisa's uh, second youngest, uh, when just after we were married, would she would come and push between us and push me back, um, and, and we didn't really think much about that then. But it was her way of saying, "I want my mom," mm-hmm. uh, or you know, "You're not my dad," and mm-hmm. you know, I'm, that's I'm what, not what ready my dad to does. Share that much. Yeah. yeah. So when I think back to those that time, so I had a three-year-old. When we got married, Melanie wasn't quite five. And then Catherine was six and Brahman seven. 
my daughters were eight and ten. I think. No, they were no, they were old. Ten and oh. thirteen. <laughs> I'm but a dad. I, I don't know those. But things. when I think back to those four little girls, right. and I'm like, how much did I talk to them about it? Yeah. And what did I say? And um, how aware was I of the impact on them? I felt that I. I did have some awareness mm -hmm. and I just really want to be this parent of the parents uh -huh. and to just help them to just take that extra time with their children to really listen to them and to realize that they're really not misbehaving. Right. They don't have words. So like that one child, the, the one that kept pushing us apart when she was, she was two when she watched her dad walking out the door and she has this very vivid memory of that and of an emotion that went over her that she didn't have words to tell me about. And when she was a teenager, that's when she got in touch with that feeling of I was abandoned and mm -hmm. I wasn't good enough for my dad to stay here. Mm -hmm. So that's a big impact that it has on children to think that you know, from a toddler, there's an emotion that they're feeling. And if the, you're not able to help them work through all of that, that, you know, it can cause a lot of troubles as they get into their teens and young adults yeah. and having a difficulty just understanding relationships. Right. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of adults that still don't understand yes. that. Still. <laughs> have those blockages and it creates a lot of issues within their life, especially when they, if they do start to feel this, they think something's wrong and, and it can really take things apart. So, so what is it that you do? How do you go into a family and start, start working with them to bring this awareness to, to not only the parents, but with the children, where, where does that start? First of all, uh, we don't work with the children. We work with the parents because we want them to be the heroes to their children. And when I say heroes, I mean that they are the ones that that bring information, knowledge, and values and beliefs to their children. And they're the role model. And the role model. I love because it. Because that's what a hero is. They're the ones that protect, uh, serve, and they're the role model of, of helping and serving people. I mean, th think of all the superheroes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and, that's exactly what parents are to children when they're really young and they lose that. Well, particularly with all of the media and uh, movies in the eighties where the dad 90s. Uh, or nineties when the dad was a doofus yeah. and he was uh, the dumb one and all the kids were the smart ones. Think about the impact on the children where they're, they disrespected particularly their father, but also their mother. Uh, in those kinds of movies and uh, media type of uh, um, ideas. And th that's something that we need to work to overcome is that kind of disrespect for parents. So yeah, what we do- It's gotten so much worse in the yeah. last several years as well. So yes. completely understand that. When we work with parents, we work with them as individuals for, well, was it? like four or five weeks in our program in our program so that we help them because all the great leaders the successful leaders all say work on yourself more than on your business or your job and we say more on your relationship work on yourself more because when you are whole you have two whole people together they're able to have a better relationship they're better to communicate and to um, understand life better yeah. and children are like little sponges so as they see as they see the parent working on themselves working to become a better person then they can see hey that's kind of the way to do things and then they can maybe take that in on themselves yeah. so that is yeah. that is such a powerful message that you're working with there yeah so when we teach our circle of responsibility that you know you are responsible for every thought you think and feeling you feel and action you take and when we um, teach the teach couples, they have their own individual circle of responsibility, and together they have a relationship circle of responsibility. Yes. 
And in doing this, they can help set that example for their children and begin to help their children to understand that they too are responsible. And who is the person that you choose to be? And I know from past experience that when you set up something similar to that, mm-hmm. and you're the one that starts to step outside that circle, your children are going to be the first to say, <laughs> hey, <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> and so yeah. now you have an opportunity to be a wonderful example of, I goofed. I should not have been yelling at you. And I know that I made you feel scared and you are not feeling safe when I'm yelling. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry, that's not who I choose to be. And this is probably the way that I should have handled it. And I'm really sorry. And you're asking forgiveness from your child and your child is like, oh, you know, like what an example that is that even mom and dad can goof up. We all make mistakes, but it's what we do with that mistake. I love that. It was like that in the classroom lots of times, you know, whenever there were classroom rules, it's like, you know, you were responsible for your actions and behaviors. And if you step outside those classroom rules, how are you going to make it up to the class? How are you going to be a better citizen in the class? And so I can see that same kind of dynamic in the yes. family through what you're setting up. And that is beautiful. Yeah, and if you're always following the rules and always doing stuff right, then you're not necessarily learning. It's when you actually make a mistake that you have to correct yourself yep. and do something different or feel something different that that's when growth happens. So, yeah. so yes, I wouldn't necessarily say break the rules on purpose, but when you do step <laughs> outside that, that is when the biggest learning opportunities happen. Yeah. And one of the things we uh, really want to make clear to parents so they can make it clear to their children is that you are responsible for your thoughts, feelings, and actions, not your spouse's thoughts, feelings, and actions, because they are responsible for their own. So you've got these two people that have their own thoughts, feelings, and actions. And if somebody steps out uh, and you know yells or you know does you know, something so outside. You just make me so mad. Well that, that's who's, the choice. who's mad. <laughs> it's the person that's that was upset, not the person that wasn't upset or that stayed in their circle and their responsibility. So it's it's really clear to make sure that there's that boundary that you know if somebody else is saying something like that, it's their problem, not yours. They have to deal with it. So you either back away or you, you work at it in a different way. And another thing that we've really came to an awareness of as we've been working through our program with um, the lens of a blended family is that when a couple is coming together to create a relationship core where they're looking at the the couple that they choose to be mm-hmm. is that they're bringing in a lot more baggage than than normal yeah because they most likely have just come from a broken relationship mm-hmm. and broken relationships is trauma there's a lot of hurt and there's a lot of patterns that have happened so that when they start to do this, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to do all of that. And you're waiting and waiting for your new spouse to be following that same pattern and anticipating. And hopefully they don't because that was a bad pattern to begin with. Exactly. So what happened with us and about a year and a half into our marriage, mm-hmm. I mean, I had this because my, my past husband, my my ex-husband had said to me one day, just like after some counseling and things, just boom, is that I just don't love you anymore. And I don't know if I ever did. And that was it. Emotionally, he left the marriage. So that I didn't realize the trauma that went through me at that time. And we had just discovered that baby number four was on the way. I was like, oh, and so there was a lot of hormones, a lot of emotion going on. And so when Rick and I got married, because he's always every day, you know, you're so beautiful. I love you. And he said, I promise that I will only say that if I that I when I feel it. And so this is like a daily occurrence. And I'm thinking, oh, after about a year or so, this is like kind of too good to be true. Mm -hmm. 
he's gonna just one day also feel maybe this is way too much that he's taken on and and he's just gonna be done and I was kind of I guess subconsciously you're right. you're waiting for this and so I was subconsciously I think becoming more um confrontational yeah. because we started to have these heated discussions and Rick was saying like why are we arguing so much uh -huh. and I'm like I don't know and so this one morning where I was sitting at the foot of the bed and something else had happened and I was starting to cry and Rick's just like had enough you know he's like he's leaving the room and I'm like no don't go just come sit beside me put your arm around me don't fix it just let me cry it out mm -hmm. and so he did and that's when this whole thing just surfaced for me going I'm scared. I'm scared you're going to leave me. And I'm the one that's going to be the one who leaves this time so that I don't get hurt. Okay. I don't want to be hurt again. So here I am without knowing, quietly sabotaging this wonderful relationship. And so like Rick said, then he says, you know, I am not your ex. I am not that person. I am committed to you and you're not going to get rid of me that easy. <laughs> good and job Rick love it <laughs> thank you it wasn't easy <laughs> but, but yeah yes. he, he didn't do the fixing he just listened that was hard too yes. not to fix yeah but you know this is what's going on inside our subconscious is that we have to be aware of when we get angry and we're arguing and something comes up the triggers going where is it coming from and to be kind and compassionate with each other and going, maybe it's from something that happened with your ex and that relationship. And to talk about it and really listen to one another. Because once, because that helps to heal. Right. And once you can help work through those, now you can be more aware of your children having their behaviors and going, hmm, you know. They're really going through a lot. So we're really hoping that once these couples see all these circles, all these people that are all together and how their children are going from one, they're one person here, but another person there. And then the, another person there and there and yes, there. And all the expectations, the new family members they're meeting, mm -hmm. that they will really just take to heart that these children just need us to love, love them, bring them in, not not send them away or punish them right yeah oh mom has me act this way you have me act this way where am i in this yes, yes. yeah uh, so one of the questions that pops into my head especially with blended families and probably with a lot of other people is like you were talking about rules and responsibilities well at, especially those that, kids that go back and forth they have one set of rules and responsibilities over here. They have another set of rules and responsibilities over here. How do you kind of maybe help guide the parents or guide the kids to understand the two sets and when to kind of like, I don't know, delineate or break it up? It's like, oh, I do this here. I do this there because kids are just learning. And that's a hard concept, even for adults, how to act different in different yes. places. Yes. I think the biggest thing is being consistent in your home and that there is, and you talk about the expectations that you have. Mm -hmm. I think children can understand the expectations. And, and we know from experience that if you have an expectation of those children, they'll more likely live up to that. So if you expect them to be naughty and, you know, they're just, you know, terrible teens, they'll more likely be that right <laughs> environment that you see them in but if you see them as um you know people. the expectations <laughs> of people and being um like lisa's daughters were exceedingly good at being polite and kind and they were just lovely children and that's the expectation that lisa had put into them right yeah because this is just how we are to interact as humans we are kind and we are polite and you know, we understand, you know, you talk with them about when you're going to go to a new place and how you're going to interact and what are the expectations so they know. Yeah. And you can also be very honest that 
here we have a certain set of rules and over there there's another set of rules and you may have to change some but you know when you're here we'll be as consistent as we can and keep everything um comfortable for you right yeah so maybe the process of reminding the kids yes. when they're switching back and forth you know i know things over uh, dad's house is like this remember in when we're here, these are some of the things, especially at the beginning, to help make sure they're yes, recognizing yes. the differences yes. between the two. Yes, and I think uh, the other tool that we have is with our these circle of responsibilities is that as a family, we have a circle. And so as a blended family, it's bringing the, it's just bringing the children together, like bringing everyone together to talk and discuss. And what we call is, creating an emotionally safe environment like um, you can have a, a safe environment for your children we're not beating them right but can your children express in front of all the rest of the family members their feelings about certain situations yeah. without somebody snickering or using sarcasm so we kind of put right. a line through sarcasm uh-huh yes and and so with the children feel safe, well, we call it a brave space, that they can feel brave to mm -hmm. talk yeah. in this group of their new family with their new siblings and parent and, and be able to work together um, talking and understanding what is it that we would like to be when we're together as a family? What are the, you know, what kind of traditions would we like to create and what kind of um, feeling do we want to have in our home? And if we have those feelings and what are the things we're going to do together so that we can have that feeling. And so if you're, you're doing this with your children and helping them to understand that things are going to be different when you go to your other parents' home mm -hmm. and helping them to work through it. So like, what are you feeling? How does it feel for you? Is there something that we could do to help make it easier for you and understanding them? So I guess when I grew up being the youngest, for some reason, I didn't always feel like I was valued. Mm -hmm. That was just the impression I got as an adult that I mean, I was loved and cared and everything. I mean, it wasn't a terrible family, but it's just I didn't have that feeling of being valued. And that has been something that I really, really want parents to understand is that every child needs to feel they're important and valued in that family for just being them. Mm -hmm. And when you listen to them talk and let them express themselves, then they're going to have that feeling like I am important. Yeah. So when we first started talking, you had said that you had originally wanted to get involved before people got divorced in the first place to try yes. and get yes. this. Yeah. And one of the things I would like to, to kind of point out is, is if you've been divorced the first time, the divorce rate on second marriages, the percentage is even higher. Yes. So in a way, you are doing that now by working with the communication, by developing this, because having a blended family is incredibly stressful and having those interactions with the the opposite parent and that that can be super duper stressful and then you add more stress to the marriage so what you're doing is also i i can see very much marriage counseling relationship counseling as in kind of the guise of, of being there for the children so so have you recognized that as well Yes. yes. One of the things before we move on, we don't counsel. We're not counselors. Yes. We're coaches. Yes. So a big difference. So uh, we don't want any misrepresentation of what we do. Yeah. So I, I'm a psychedelic coach. So yeah, I, I can't. <laughs> I understand. I understand that we can't use words like heal and counsel because that that is that is relegated yeah. to the medical industry. Yeah, there's legal stuff. And around so there's that. legal stuff around that. So yes, coaching. Coaching. Uh, yes. yes. Very very um, much. And, and we recognize that what we teach in our blended family course is actually very applicable and totally applicable to a nuclear family, like a, a well, couple that's... Because that's where it all started. And it's all about first 
becoming the best person. It's understanding who you choose to be. So if you can really get clear on who you choose to be and understanding the thoughts that you're telling yourself and I'm making sure they're in harmony with that person, then no matter who you're dealing with in the family, if you, because I don't really think that people go, well, I'm just going to choose to be a nag, a controlling person and angry Mm -hmm. and judgmental. Like, no, we don't choose that. That's not the person we know inside. Mm -hmm. And, but these things happen. And so if you are first, um, you have your own circle of responsibility and you know who you choose to be, then you're going to behave accordingly. And it's going to be not to just your new spouse, but to your ex-spouse and the ex um, extended families, because you want to be the best person you can be. And if you are demonstrating consideration and kindness to those around you, your children are seeing that. And they're going to grow up to know that no matter what kind of a person those people are, we can still be kind. And that's one of the things I really love and value about Lisa is she models that kind of philosophy mm-hmm. she was extremely uh, forgiving and and uh, light to her ex mm-hmm. almost all the time there's only one or two times I can remember that she got a little angry but that's you know exactly well and that's one of the things you know going back to my classroom experience is that whenever children were experiencing a family that was divorcing their behavior and how they acted in the classroom was completely dependent on if the parents were making sure that the situation was the best it could be with a child. Meaning that, yeah, they were mad at each other, but they weren't taking it out on each other in front of the child. They were still coming to parent conferences together and listening for the benefit of the child instead of fighting and, oh, I need my own conference time and, you know, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Now I understand that there's some situations where that just absolutely can't happen. But for the most part, if you put that child first and work together with your ex, even though it's really a benefit for the child. Exactly. And they're the most important. Mm -hmm. One of the things that we uh, talk about is that most often people say, well, our marriage just isn't working out. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you hear that almost with a lot of them, the high profile people, movie stars and so on. That's you hear that often. But we believe that it's not that it hasn't worked out. You just haven't put the work in to make the marriage yeah. work. And we give you the work to do yeah. so that because it's like, well, then what would I be doing? You know, like for me, I have to have um, a kind of a concrete image of, well, what does that look like? And so we help couples to see just what that work looks like. Mm -hmm. And that way they have a process to go through. Right. And when they work slowly through this process, that hopefully they're changing as well, that they can see that they can bring out the inner person of who they really choose to be and that they're able to live that and find a way to do it and to notice when they're not. Yeah, Cause you don't know what you don't know. And exactly. if these, if these concepts, if these ideas haven't been brought forward, then it's like, you might feel like I'm wrong. I'm bad. There's stuff's going wrong. It's all her fault. All these things going on because you don't have the tools or the understanding of what mm-hmm. should exactly. be. So yeah, that that's that's really incredible. Yeah, very much so. And so so what 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 is the so what are the some of the first steps that that when you're working with parents to in, in blended families, are they coming to you like right off the bat, or or normally are they coming to you once they start having problems? Where in this process, actually, some of them come blended? as they're blending, that they're not living together but they, they have seen some concerns and, and it's particularly with the children, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them, the, the daughter seemed to be, she was 15, was it? I don't seemed, remember. Seemed to be closer to the-, the New coming, yeah, the new becoming stepfather. <laughs> than her mother. Right. And, and that was causing some frictions. And 
And the mother was having difficult time trying to deal with this behavior. That, and she was doing some rude behavior to a mother, but being attracted to the, the new uh, boyfriend thing. So it's there's lots of different issues. But the thing that we do is we have them sit down and actually look at what it is that they want in their in themselves. What do they want to be, do, and have as a person? So do they want to be a loving, caring spouse? Do they want to be a great parent? So once they get the idea and we, we give them a, a worksheet and they put that down in the three different columns, what they want to be, they want to do, and what they want to have. And then we help them see that this is the person inside. This is their starting point. And from there, they um, work towards understanding. Well, we take the word want out of that too, because have you ever yeah. noticed how want is kind of a, you don't have it? So, so it's a lack? Oh, right. Yeah, because yeah. but you I mean, you it? have to start somewhere. And if you start with the wanting, you're just kind of like, what is it you want? Just, just, just what do you want? Take all the limits off and just enjoy what it is you want. So you have a starting point. And then you, we move them into the what you choose to be, choose to have, and choose to do. Because if you think about it, uh, choose is a more powerful word. It's almost like an action word. It has a positive focus. I choose to do this. So you're making a decision uh, that's within your mind. You're right. just like, right, I choose to be this person. And if you choose to be this person, then these are the things that I choose to do then. Exactly. And because what I choose to have is this. Yeah. So when Rick and I were going through our worksheets and he's, he just found it easier to go with, well, I know what I choose to have. And he got that all clear. And then he was able to work back to the, yes. the, the doing and the being until he understood this. This is who I choose to be. But either way, you you yeah. figure it out. Yeah, a work backwards yeah. process sometimes works better. Yeah. It does, way. yes. And the, the easy one of the easy ones that I've got is that um, I chose to be an artist. Mm -hmm. This was a, in, during my divorce um, time. I was I needed something to take my mind off of everything, so I decided to get into uh, watercolor painting. And then when I went back to university to do my grad studies there was a fellow that was doing pen and ink rendering. And because we used a lot of technical pens in what we were doing in urban and regional planning and, and the design aspect of it, I had these pens. I thought, I can do that. So I just started doing it. And I have a collection, like to, for me to do that, I needed to have some tools. To be an artist, I needed tools. Yes. So it was easy to get the tools. And with a ink pen, you can't erase it. It's a permanent. So I didn't need an eraser. Uh, and then what I want to have, and we have a wall now that I can do it on, is an art collection. My All my works on one wall so that when people come into our house, they get to see my work. <laughs> and that, that means a lot to me because yeah. there's a lot of, well, one of my drawings of a castle took me 50 hours to do. So there's a lot of work, but it, it's it when you know what it is that you want inside and something that gives you that feeling of, yes, I have value, I can do things and produce something that, like I've sold some drawings, so other people like them too. So yeah, that's that's a good thing to have is that sense of who you are and what you can do. So we help couples to look at first for themselves of this understanding of finally of who they do choose to be, do and have. And then we work them through the process of consciously choosing thoughts that match that. Yeah. So now what kind of thoughts are you going to focus on? Mm -hmm. So that it also helps to see, uh, help you become aware of oh, why am I thinking so negatively today when this is who I choose to be? And right, I have written down thoughts. I have a place 
where I've written down the thoughts that I should be focused and thinking of. So you can go back to that and think on those thoughts because our thoughts that we have create emotions. Mm -hmm. And so if you've got positive, fantastic thoughts going through your head, right. you're going to feel so much better. And now you're really wanting to make some goals and you're like, you're, you have enthusiasm and you're like, yeah, I can do this and this. And once you start doing those things, now you're starting to see those results of who you choose to be, do and have. Right. Now you've got this really exciting cycle of success going on. But you know, we're human <laughs> and we always step outside of our circle. And uh, we, we um, have recently called those triggers. Because right. um, it's not so much, well, I guess they're triggered, but it's a, uh, when you have something that you're feeling like, I'm so mad, that's a trigger. You've been triggered by something in the relationship. Uh, and the idea of the triggers is that there's this stimulus response gap. Mm -hmm. And if you're triggered, you don't have any gap. You're just reacting to exactly. the yeah, it's immediate and reacting, and most of the time it's negative. So what we talk about in these triggers is that you have the time mm -hmm. to be able to decide what response you're going to get to that particular trigger or stimulus. Right. And if you think in advance and you know what triggers that you have, and we actually have a worksheet on that, where you can look at some of the triggers that it happened between the, the 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 relationship between the two of you and even between you and your child if you predetermine your response to that then you have a better chance of moving from the stimulus having that chance to remember the predetermined response and then you respond and hopefully you've got that predetermined response right and it really helps the situation so, so I'm going to wrap back something real quick that you said. Yes. Um, you were talking about um, being a hero to your children. Yes. Children, they they emulate their heroes. They get their Spider-Man underoos. They get their Superman underoos. And then they like pretend to fly around and they pretend because they see something that they like, that they respect in that person. Yes. And they want to be like them. So if you can choose to be your child's hero and be there for that for them, then instead of out there emulating Superman or emulating their favorite artist or emulating this, this guy that was able to beat up the bullies and be okay, then they're gonna emulate that. But if you become their hero and you are, are becoming okay within yourself, like you're talking about, mm -hmm. and then then they can start emulating you as their hero and being that themselves. So yeah. just I, I just kind of saw that thread developing through our conversation, and I wanted to bring that up and say that is that is just you're, a beautiful, beautiful. You're dead on. That's yeah. exactly what we do. And thank you for using the word choose. Mm -hmm. You 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 use the <laughs> word if you choose to to be their hero. I do. Listen. That's what it takes. <laughs> That's what it takes is a choice. So Everything that, you do is a choice. Mm -hmm. It's either a bad choice or a good choice, but you still have the choice to, to do it. Mm -hmm. And we want people to choose the better choice. Yes. Exactly. Anyway. And so, so these wonderful children who are seeing how to be better adults yes. and how to have a good loving relationship mm -hmm. are going to grow up and hopefully they will have healthy, wonderful relationships and then divorce can, can go way down. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Exactly. And that's and the legacy that we want also to leave. see how important coaching is and that they not, can't necessarily do it all on their own. And, and we'll also continue to look outside for help so that they can get a better view of what's going on inside, like, like what you do. So, mm -hmm. so you don't you don't just like coach and say here you go it's like there's there's always this coming back to, to it and so wow well, i lost where i was going with that <laughs> well in our as we do our workshops with couples we have the worksheets there and we block time and have them fill it out 
where people are really hesitant. It's like, oh, yeah, I can do that when I go home. No, no, you're not going to do it when you go home. Right You're doing it here because I, we need you to finish this worksheet so that we can go on to the next step. And it takes a while for people to get comfortable with that. But this is what you're here for. This mm -hmm. is the work that you need to put into so that you can have a successful blended family. Or family. Or, Doesn't yeah. matter which. Yes. Which kind. Yeah, exactly. Well, and the other thing is that, you know, hopefully through this whole process we're reducing those traumas to the kids mm -hmm. so yes. less to deal with when they're older also so you know we're helping in so many different circles by building this process so better relationships in the future less trauma in the future you know all exactly. those things i'm going to say different trauma because That's again true. again <laughs> trauma is required for growth yeah so instead of repeating the pattern of no let's let's fix this let's let's fix this for our family mm -hmm. and then let's find some other trauma that we can deal with so that this is another thing that we can fix in our family mm -hmm. so instead of like repeating the same things over and over again it gives you an opportunity to find new areas for growth it does yes and you keep growing that way that's exactly. important very important so yeah you never actually run out of a need for a coach there's always there's, there's always, always always the next thing to work on. you know e even in entrepreneurship you know the best entrepreneurs mm -hmm. have have coaches the best golfer in the world for for decades or for at least a decade was tiger woods he had like eight coaches so Different it's like e to to be the best it's like you can't necessarily get there on your own so, so with that in mind if people do want to get a hold of you if people do want to figure out how how need this kind of coaching what are some ways that they can get a hold of you? Well, our website is fusefamilyfocus.com. And that has most of our recent programs on it. And you can reach us at admin at fusefamilyfocus.com. And even if it says it bounces back, <laughs> we've had yeah. a few bounce backs, but we still get the emails. I think, I think we do all yes. the time. But in any <laughs> case, um, if there's that problem, then you can uh, uh, email us at R-O-L-O-L-S-O-N at yahoo.com. Well, we have another Gmail one too. Oh, we okay. do. You know, we'll, we'll put all of yeah. this in our show notes. We do. Right? We have, because um, we put fusefamilyfocus at gmail.com so that we just had another alternative mm -hmm. our email address to go to. And I believe we might even have phone numbers on our website if they really needed to get a hold of us. Right. But usually email or through the website is is the best because then yes. you know, you're not playing phone tag. You're actually getting messages and, solid. And, yes. and you can find us on Facebook and I'm on LinkedIn. Uh -huh. uh, Lisa's yeah. on Pinterest and you know some of the social sites. I'm on LinkedIn too. How are you? I okay. think I might even be linked into you. <laughs> and like I said, we'll make sure that we um, put yeah. that in the show notes down below. And um, Rick and Lisa also gave a free gift for the families. It, that will be in the show notes. Um, it's a link to, I can't remember what it is right now, but just look there. And it's something that they wanted families to have and a way to contact them. I, is that I our believe it was 30 days to family joy. Okay. And, and you know, in, in my world, it's become almost kind of a cliche statement. But it's like even on planes, they say if in case of emergency and these masks pop down, mm -hmm. you put your mask on first yes, you do. before you try and help your children. So, you know, that that is so important, even in this work that you're doing, you, you really do need to put your mask on and deal with with your issues so that you can show your children and then help them get their masks on as well. Yeah. Thank you. I've never thought of that analogy. And that's a very good one. I like it. Yes. Thank you. All right. Well, it has been a wonderful chat with Rick and Lisa Olson and the Fuse family. Yes. Um, I didn't necessarily mean to end it my time since. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> um, is there anything else. else that you would like to yeah. talk about that we haven't covered? Is there is there one last little bit nugget that you would want to throw out there for our parents who, who might be struggling and needing some help? What 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 can they start doing? The only thing I can say is we never talked about uh, homeschool and some of those issues, but maybe we can do another one of these calls and yes, talk about exactly. that because yeah. we do have some some background in that. Yeah, we uh, had some homeschoolers for a while. 
Right. Exactly. Yeah. Let's do that on another um, show. Um, yeah. About a month or so. Okay. Sure. So no Rick and Lisa are on our family education series that's happening. And there's two weeks left this week and next week. And then um, also there will be another summit coming up where you will also get a chance to talk with Rick and Lisa and see the speakers and things that are coming their way. And so if you are interested in finding out more, follow the different links for the different series and events that are happening as yeah. well. And some of our initial conversations were centered around homeschooling, but we kind of got so into this, this wrapped into this. It was so interesting that I, I completely forgot the homeschool aspect. <laughs> That's okay. This about. is our passion. So it's easy yeah, to draw us so into this. Because it, you, it's just so genuine mm -hmm. and it's just so there. There's nothing, there's nothing phony or fake about what you're talking it's about. So it's just, and it's so... It's so there. So, so thank you thank very you. much for doing it. I, though I really wish that there could be more and more children homeschooled. I just feel like the more that the more influence they can have of their parents yeah. and, and be able to be immersed in the understanding of their core, their circle yeah. of responsibility. And I yeah. think that they would just blossom more as a, as a person. Yeah, because being but, at school, they're away from that, their yeah. hero, they're away from the understanding, they're away from the growth, yeah. and they might be learning, you know, some facts, but but the the stuff that they need for life comes from the, home. From the home. We need to not go there right now. <laughs> yeah. exactly. Could be another hour talk, a yes. A whole nother podcast. For that yes. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. You will get to hear Rick and Lisa again. We'll have a whole nother discussion on the other part of family, that education that we want to bring in and make sure is secure there as well. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you You're for welcome. sharing your wisdom. And we look forward to talking to you again. And listeners, if you enjoyed this, please make sure you let us know that you enjoyed this and want more information. And um, we will talk with you soon on our next podcast. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Have a wonderful, wonderful day.